In your Bibles this morning to Proverbs chapter 17, we'll be looking at one verse, Proverbs 17, 6. If you'd stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Proverbs 17, 6. Reading out of the King James translation, it says this. Children's children are the crown of old men, but the glory of children are their fathers. I want you to look at that in your Bible. The glory of children are their fathers. You may be seated this morning. I'd never seen this verse in this context especially. I understand that the father is a protector, a provider. Uh, I understand his role, especially now having three little ones. But the Bible declares that the glory of children are their fathers. And that word glory is a Hebrew word, tif erah, which means the father is the chief person, the principal, the ornament on their life. Like you would put the star on the tree, the father is the glory. He's the covering, the ornament, the majesty of their life. This same Greek word for glory is found in Proverbs 20, 29, and it says this, the glory, tif the glory of young men is their strength. And so if you compare the two, it'll set up the foundation for, I believe, the word the Lord's given me uh, for this house today. The glory of a young man is his strength, his capacity, his ability. The thing that's most visible in the young man, the glory. The thing most unmistakable, his strength. That which is most utilized, his strength. That which he most depends upon, his strength. That which goes before him, his strength. And that which he is known by, his strength. In the same way, fathers are to be the most visible, the most unmistakable, the most utilized, the most depended upon, that which goes before his children and that which the children are known by. A father is supposed to be the icebreaker on a, a sea capped, a ice capped sea. He's supposed to be in front casting a shadow of protection. He's supposed to be the ornament on their life. He's not the life. He gave the life. But he's to be the ornament of such. And I'm going to speak to you this morning for a few moments. And not on every Mother's Day do I preach to mothers. And on every Father's Day I don't do that. But I felt I was supposed to share this message. um, That there would be someone here. That this is going to be a missing piece for you. For others it's going to be a, a, a fire lit under you to... Be more what God has destined you to be and not what the world is telling you to be. And for others, at the very end, it's going to be separate from the sermon, but the Lord's going to give you a personal word for your life. So would you allow me to pray for myself as I hope you pray for me this morning? Lord, I just present myself to you this morning. Uh, A daddy, I just am so humbled and grateful for that precious name. And, oh, Lord, I know that in my own strength and in my own ability, there is no capacity to help anyone. But if you anoint me this morning, Lord, 
then I would be able to speak with such clarity and power that like water going to the lowest place, your word would find its way into the part of our heart that we need to hear the most. For some today, they'll hear a sermon. And for others, they're going to hear one thing and they're going to leave saying, surely today my father spoke to me. And I thank you for this privilege that's mine. I'm humbled by it. And I'm grateful, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Fathers, you are your children's glory. Or let me just say it like second person. Father, you're our glory. Number one, as you live with us. As you live with us. When you live with us, we get to see you. Now, I'm not, I don't mean, let me go ahead and get this out of the way. There are many men that aren't allowed to live with their family. But it means as much access as we have, we don't just occupy space, we share life. It's not proximity. It's exchange. A child cannot come into the world without the life of the father. The life is in the blood and the blood comes from the man. So to be a child's glory, you have to live with them. Not just proximity, but in constant exchange. I can hear the cry of children today in my heart. We want to wake up to you. We want to eat with you. We want to play with you. We want to laugh with you. We want to learn from you. Getting tucked in at night by you. We don't want your treasures. We want your time. We want you. When we're kids, we cry for things. But when we're grown, we cry over memories. We expect time from our mothers, but we thrill at it from our fathers. When you live with us, we get the best of who you are. We don't want pieces of it. We want provider. We want protector. We want encourager, counselor. And yes, we want disciplinarian. We want a celebrator. We want true north. As sons, we watch you and we learn how to be a man. And as daughters, we watch you so we can recognize a man to date. You do all of these things for us. When you live with us, we are shaped by you. Not only do we get to see you and not only do we get the best of you, but you change us by rubbing up against you. See, fathers, the impartation that a father gives his child is not just taught, but it's caught. It's by watching, mentoring, men touring, touring, letting you tour through their lives. Fathers shape the children. See, mothers are nurturers. Fathers shape. And that's why when a person grows up without one, there's, there's not a definition. There's not a... Uh, and I know many mothers that were forced to do it on their own and they did amazing jobs, but no more than a father can be a mother, a mother can't do that. See, my daddy died when I was 11. And I had more of a dad than many people have in their whole life, so I'm not playing the martyr song. But you know what I missed out on? He died before he could tell me who I was. He died before he could... And I'll get to this in a moment. Speak into me and speak over me. But the shaping, oh, he shaped me. I am today. I am becoming in my 30s, 40s, and 50s 
all of what I saw consciously and subconsciously because he shaped me. Not sit down and listen to me, but catch it. Let it, let it get on you. Let it get in you, in your memories, in your data bank. We find our identity, Father, in how you view us. We find our value in how you invest in us. We find in our esteem, we find our esteem in how you speak about us. We find our liberty in how you enjoy us. We find our security in your promises. We find our stability in your consistency. We find our wholeness in how you heal us. Let me go back one. We find our stability in your consistency. You may not understand this or appreciate it, but I started over a year ago when Izzy and Olive could recognize their name. I get to tell them, I would say, uh, you ready to go to the park? And they said, yeah. I said, did daddy tell you he was going to take you to the park? Mm-hmm. Then daddy always keeps his word. I must have said that to them already 500 times. And for the first time this week, we're in the car going swimming. I've tried to go home every day uh, since the pool opened in our little subdivision. And I try to take them in the afternoon. And it helps that it's 111 degrees. It's a good motivator. <laughs> But we're in the car and I said, did daddy tell you he'd take you swimming? And in my rearview mirror, my little girl echoed it back for the first time. She goes, and daddy always keeps his word. See, that doesn't mean I'm a good guy. I'm not elevating myself. It means that I'm already shaping. We find stability there. We find wholeness as you heal us. And this is why, this is why... This is why we always want daddy to watch. Watch daddy. Watch daddy. Now, if they even scratch themselves, who do they run to? Mama. Daddy be like, okay, you just, mama handle that. All right. They, mama is uh, emergency when they're young. But as they get older, when the car breaks down, or if a boy doesn't do them right, Mama's like, tell me about it. I'll be right back. They go and tell. They, they want daddy to know. They, daddy, watch. Watch this, daddy, watch. Because there's some, see, even watching them swing on a swing, there's something that says, I'm so valuable. I'm so important. I'm so enjoyed. I'm, I'm valued. And fathers shape their children. And without the shape, you still have the same person but it's, it's not as um, held together. It can be easily pushed away. See, I can't wait for the first catfish to ask my little girl out. Can't wait. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, the moon is in your eyes. I ain't never seen anybody like you lean in for a kiss. And she said, my daddy's been telling me that 15 years. You're no one special. And I'm like, yes, yes. You'd be surprised how many girls respond to the first guy when a guy's been absent because they didn't know who they were. They, they didn't know they were precious and irreplaceable. Anyway, anyway, for those of you that have been displaced from your home by your choice or by your spouse's, by your failures or by your spouse's failures, I can hear the children say, even if you can't live with us, You can still give life to us. We still need your covering. 
Even cover, it's like if cell phones can reach across the world, your covering can reach from one home to the other. Your godly influence, your words. And here, listen, from the men in the room especially today, and I don't usually specialize a comment, but I want to say it. For the men that would want to be more of a part in their children's lives, but they're unable to be. Let me read this to you. You have the opportunity to show your children how to live righteously with missing pieces. It may not be what you want it to be, but there'll be things in their life that happens where people walk out, things happen, losses take place, and you show them how to walk with God in not so ideal circumstances. Fathers, you're our glory because you shape us. Even if you can't live with us, you can give life to us. And you can't live with us if you don't take care of yourself. We need you healthy. What good are things if you're not here to enjoy them with us? We don't need a bigger house. We don't need a nicer car. We don't need better clothes. We need a healthy you. And to the men in this room that are fathers, I have never met a man that took care of himself, that regretted it later. If it takes 70 hours a week to provide what you want to provide for your family, you're robbing your family because you're breaking down your body. If you don't eat well, if you don't rest well, and if you don't exercise well, you're doing it for you. Because you ask any child of any age whether they'd rather have the things or rather have their daddy. We need you to live a long time. Take care of yourself. And it's okay to eat cheese fries every now and then. God doesn't mind. You got to mix it up a little bit. Number two, Father, you're our glory as you lead us. Not just live with us, but lead us. Genesis 18, God said, I have chosen Abraham. He's the father of the faithful. All of us in faith. So listen to him speaking to us. I want you to direct your children and your household. Well, it says, I've chosen Abraham that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord and do what is right and just. We need you to lead us along a straight path because the world offers us a broad path with many choices. We need you to lead us in a clear path because the world has confusing and competing uh, signals that it sends. We need you to lead us along a consistent path because it's hard to find faithful people. And this is so important for those of you that were raised in the church and you've raised your kids in the church. We need you to lead us along a joyful path. If walking with God makes you mean and sour, we're not going to want to do it. All drawn up, bitter and scowled. We're going to church if it kills us. Well, it's killing you. Quit. What? It's better not to go than to send them the signal that walking with God is horrible and it's deprivating and it's lost. Yeah, there's loss, but there's joy unspeakable and full of glory as well. Lead us. Let us learn from you the beauty and the worth of the statement, the blessing of the Lord. 
Praise the Lord, Psalms 112 says. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land, and the generation of the upright will be blessed. We need to hear you say it. We need to connect what you say, what we have, with what God's word says. When you said, we're a blessed family, that means the home is good, the life is good, the marriage is good, the kids are good, and they need to associate that phrase So when they get on their own, they say, whatever I do and whatever I go, whatever degree I have, whatever job I work at, I want to be blessed by the Lord. We need you to lead us into that, not point. It sounds noble. I want y'all to go places I've never been. They won't. As a matter of fact, if you follow scripture, even the most godly men, the second generation, the kid didn't go as far. Abraham, Isaac, David, Absalom, Solomon. So our kids may not surpass us. I have found the men who point their children where to go are disappointed. But the ones that say, follow me as I follow Christ, their children follow them into those things and into those places. Let us learn what faithfulness looks like by you. Let us learn what honesty and integrity and servanthood and sacrifice. I remember, and I've shared this with you years ago, but as a little boy, we went to Burger Chef on Vineville Avenue. Do y'all remember that? Y'all remember Burger Chef, make your own burger? Okay, yeah. I think they closed it down for contamination. I don't know. It wasn't. But we went in there one day and we sat down and we were poor. We didn't have a lot. When we went out deep, we split everything. You do that now, a kid will cut you if you split a sandwich. They won't. But we split everything. And they accidentally gave us one too many sets of fries. Now, I'm like eight. I remember it like yesterday. Daddy goes, oh, they gave us too many French fries. And I'm like, score! You know, we got, he goes, no, baby, we can't have them. So I'm following him up to the counter. No, don't tell these people about the fries. I'm hungry. <laughs> My brother Jim would eat like all of them and give me two. Or when Daddy wasn't looking, he'd take them. And go, don't, you, don't say nothing. And I remember my dad going up to the counter at Burger Chef. Watch, I'm 52, 44 years ago. And he said, uh, you gave us one too many fries, sets of fries. He goes, oh, that's okay. You can keep it. And I'm thinking, score again. He said, I just wanted you to know we didn't pay for it. And I wanted to be honest. He goes, it's on the house. So we went back and I remember telling my dad, he put them in front of me. <laughs> this is the truth. I'm like, I don't want them if they've been up on the roof. I don't want them on the house fries. Give them to Jim. And he goes... John, you're precious, you know. <laughs> I'm thinking they own the house. I'm like, uh-uh. I've been hygiene all my life. No. <laughs> but he taught me. And do you know, sometimes your pastor gets something at the store, the grocery store that he didn't pay for, and he goes home. And your pastor is also driven back to the place. And no one knows about it because I remember what my father taught me. You live honest. You live faithful. And John, if you're ever confused, oh, fathers, if you don't do nothing else, do you know how important it is to leave, leave a clear path? If you don't do nothing else, baby, if you don't know what to do, follow me. And you'll be all right. That is the glory of children. We live with them and we lead them. Let us count on the guardrail of your counsel, Daddy. 
Let us count on the guardrails of your counsel. How many men have sold out their children trying to be cool when their kids are in their teens? They're trying to be their friend instead of their father. You are not your child's friend. If you look up friend, you are a father. It transcends friendship a thousand times. We're not friends. We're more than that. I give you life. I speak life. And I keep you from death. Thank the Lord for daddies who are guardrails. They say, that person ain't good. You can't pick my friends. Watch me. And then that, you don't understand. I know. But I still have the authority to make these decisions for you. Thank the Lord for guardrails. And you know what guardrails are for? Sometimes you hit them at high speed. But it keeps you from going off the road. You will bump into your children at high speeds. But to be their glory, you have to be the one that says, not on my watch, no further. Well, I'll be 18 in six months. Well, in six months, you can drive right off the cliff. But until that day, not in my house, not on my watch. There's something about that. We hate it in our teen years and we become it in our 20s and 30s because we understand If my daddy hadn't put his hands up on the guardrails, I'd have died. As you get older and understand, what is it? In my teens, my daddy knew nothing. In my 20s, he knew a little bit. In my 30s, he was a genius. And when I was 40, ain't nobody ever lived smarter than my daddy. We need to see your humility. This is the final part in number two. As you lead us, daddy, we need to see your humility. We need to hear you say that you were wrong. We need to hear you say that you are sorry. And we need to hear you ask for forgiveness. We need to see you humble yourself in front of our mom. And in front of us. I wonder what it does to a little baby when the dad. And by the way, I got my little Superman cufflinks on today. I don't know if you see that. Even though I ain't one, I'm some, I am to somebody. And you kneel down and go, look at me. Your daddy shouldn't have said that. That was wrong, wrong. That wasn't nice. I know. And then they heap it back. I I know, I know. And your daddy shouldn't have said that I was wrong. And I was wrong to speak that way. Will you forgive me? When they see humility, they learn to trust you even more. See, if we're going to be glory, then we ought to be glorious. I think our standard has been lowered to provide. And there's some men that don't even do that. And if you're a deadbeat dad, what is it they said? Somebody sent me this on Facebook. They said, uh, today we celebrate Father's Day. And if you're a deadbeat dad, we're not talking to you. We'll see you on April Fool's Day. You know, we're not bothering you. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But the standard is not just provide. It's life. It's shaping. It's leading. So, you're our glory as you live with us, and you're our glory as you lead us. Don't forget, we may cling to mama, but we're going to follow you. Number three, Father, you're our glory as you love us. The greatest thing you can do for us is love our mama. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Love her first. 
Love her loudly, love her passionately, love her unashamedly, romantically, tenderly, and singularly. Love her above all others, wholeheartedly, without reserves, with honor, never threatening to leave. Never threatening to leave. You're our glory as you love us, and we need, we know you love us because you let us know you. One of the best things you can do for your children is not just tell them, but let them know you. Watch. We need to know as we grow older who you were. Let us in on your childhood. Tell us about your stories. Tell us about your mistakes. Tell us the thing as we're old enough to handle it, the thing you're most ashamed of. See, we don't... Glory kept at a distance dissipates. My daddy told me, even at 11, he told me stories of what he did before Jesus and before, and now what God had done. We want to know you. The greatest thing you can do for me is not just live with me and not just lead me. Let me know who you are. Intimacy. Into me, see. See all the way in. Let us know who you were. Let us know who you are. Tell us about your strengths. Tell us about your weaknesses. Let us see. Watch. I'm not a golfer, by the way. I have one problem when I golf. I'm too close to the ball after I hit it. Um, that was a joke. Yeah, if I grew tomatoes, they'd come up sliced right out the ground. So, if we let them see our life, okay? Daddy puts, he lets us see his life. So we know through his story which way the green breaks. So we can do better, safer. Because he's told us. He doesn't say you're on your own. He says, let me tell you where daddy messed up. This is going to break to the right. So I need you to aim over this way just a little bit. Mentoring is men touring their children through the pages of their history. And their present. We need to know who you're becoming. Let us take the trip with you. We know you love us because you prefer us. We know you love us by the peace in our home. I want to speak to those that there's not peace in your home. That's a hard thing to keep because we're all selfish and self-centered. But I've learned this as a struggling man, husband, father. I've learned that you cannot give what you don't have. You cannot give what you don't have. And it's very hard to try to set the thermostat in your home to peace when there's no peace in you. We need to have peace with God and the peace of God that we might distribute it in our home. Sir, anyone can be a thermometer and say, this is what it's like in this house. You can have the mentality of a freshwater trout and be a thermometer. But a thermostat, as for me in our house, there will be peace. I know you never argue with your spouse, but every now and then, Kelly and I have one when she tells us we can. Uh, it's a joke. It's a joke. But daddy was being kind of a, we call it butt fanny. We don't say that in front of them because it's, it's both. I was being short and irritable. And little Olivia walked by and she goes, Daddy, don't, don't say that. I felt like someone had run a sword through me because the conviction that came was this. And she didn't say it, but I heard it you could just move the thermostat up just a little bit. 
And there'd be peace on mama and peace on us. There are more ways to abuse a child than physical and sexual. We want them to know that he in heaven is the prince of peace. And we are the prince of peace. Follow me. In the earth responsibility we have. Jesus says, as the father sent me, so send I you. Make peace. Create peace. Keep peace. In my home, under the under shepherd, it's my responsibility. We know you love us by your countenance. You ever had anybody, family or friend, use phrases and the countenance and the tone didn't match up to the phrase? Phrase like they're talking to you on the phone. So, all right, talk to you later. Love you. That just moved me to tears. Like you said, you can just see their countenance. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, love you. Mean it. But the countenance. Why you let the woman do that in the home? Why you let her be the bright countenance? You know what's one of the greatest gifts my wife lets me do? Lets me do. It's the truth. She has taught them. No, I'm being serious. I know I joke a lot. I'm being serious. This is what she lets me do. I want to be the brightest light in that house. And she's done all the work all day, answered 3,206 questions. And my kids are right at three and everything is why and what does that mean? And it's nonstop. And I'm just like, I don't even smoke, but I'm reaching for one. I'm just... Makes me nervous. I'll just walk in like I'm just shaking. But I'll text her and say, I'm on my way home. And she'll bring them to the door. And I'll beat my horn in the driveway. My neighbors, you know they hate it. I don't care. <laughs> and I beep and she'll say, Daddy's home. And they'll swing open the door and they start doing the doodah day dance, you know, and jumping. So what are you doing? I'm training them, trying to count, training them to count on the countenance. Olivia, Isabel. Oh, that ain't real. I'm making it real. I want them to... Do you remember how... Do you see the parallel? I wish I was more articulate. Where David said, cause your face to shine upon me. Bring your countenance. Look upon me. That countenance is everything. And love without the glow. You know, oh, come here. Let me see that dress. Oh, Twirl for me. Oh, my. oh, oh, look, look. And they'll just spin. We have that power even when your little girl's 30. Hey, daddy. Oh, sugar, I'm so glad you called. Do you understand? We're so afraid of faking something that we don't do it at all. You have the right, the authority, the privilege, and the opportunity to let your countenance match the words. We know you love us by your words. What you say, how you say it, and what you don't say. By what you speak into us concerning all the myths and disinformation that comes into our hearing. And what you speak over us. Fathers are the librarian of their children's past and the prophet of their future. We speak over them. When Jimmy was 15 years old, I'll tell you a quick story. I took him to Texas Cattle Company and I'd I'd been training him in what work ethic was and several stories along the way. And Jimmy had become 
diligent about work. He wouldn't clean his room, but he was diligent about work. In case you're listening, Jimmy. Uh, and I took him to Texas Cattle Company, and I, I knew the owners there. One of them was named Mark, and one was named Bruce. And I said, I want to see if you'd hire my boy and bring him on as, as a, a bus busser at a restaurant. He said, well, we usually don't hire people unless they're 16. I said, Mark, in front of him, if you hire my son, the next time I see you, you'll tell me that he's the hardest working person in this restaurant. I didn't say he'd be the best because at 15, you're still a little brain dead. You know, you got issues and stuff. I said, but he'll be the hardest working person. As the Lord liveth, about a month later, we came in the restaurant, my wife and I and Jimmy. He came from the back. He heard we were in there. He came over to my table. He said, I wanted to tell you something in front of your wife and Jimmy. 30 days ago, you told me, around a month ago, that your son would be the hardest worker in this restaurant. He goes, your son is the hardest worker in this restaurant. Now, are you saying, John, that your words created that? No, it unleashed it. It opened the gate. Jimmy, I see, watch, you see into me. You can depend on me and you can trust me. Let me tell you what I see in you. You're noble. You're good. You're diligent. You're a hard worker. I see these things. And he got permission from his father to be it. We know you love us by what you speak over us. Good and corrective. And finally, Ben, if you'd come, please. You're our glory to the extent you choose to be. Being a father is more than two people who share the same blood, but more so those who choose to share the same life. That's why God tells us in James 1, pure religion and undefiled is this. Visit the fatherless. So does that mean just go see somebody? No. That word visit means this. Inspect, select, go see, and relieve. Well, so Chloe was talking about. Watch. People without fathers, see them, choose them, go to them, and heal them. I'm not speaking only to biological fathers. I'm speaking to the men in this church that name the name of Jesus. God's not restricted you to the ones you brought in the world. If you see it and you inspect it and they'll allow and you choose it, then you can heal it. What are you talking? I'm saying to you, fathers have the gift of healing because as he is in heaven in a small way, If he's father, and he said, you need to understand me as father. And if he's put me in that role, then maybe in a diminished capacity, but I can do what he did. I can give life, I can protect, I can provide, and I can heal. And we've lowered the bar to just stay at home. Oh, I look across this room at these men and these granddaddies. It's not too late to open your house up again. To a neighborhood boy. To a boy that's 22. That's never had a dad. And you can mentor him for two years. And change his destiny. One of the most powerful things my son ever told me. When it come time I said Jimmy. I couldn't love you any more than if you were mine. You're my boy. 
Would you like to take my name? He said, I don't want to hurt your feelings. He said, no. I want to change the name Sanderson forever. (laughs) And I went, if I ain't never done nothing else in this world, (laughs) if I've never done anything else in this world, me, you, look, 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 you can be someone's glory in limited ways, in medium ways, and in life-altering ways. Let me read this to you and we'll be done. To those believers who have never had a father or who've lost a father, to those who live with great emptiness, we're changing gears now, great loss, No compass that you can look to. Don't think that God has forgotten you today. God is reaching out to you today. And I believe I have a word for you. He wants me to tell you. That he's your glory. He's your glory. Your principle. Your strength. Your ornament. He wants to crown you with his loving kindness today. And the verse he wanted me to read to you is 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now are you the children of God. And the glory of a child is their father. If you will allow him to live with you. Now I'm going back to our first point. Almost done. If you'll allow him to live with you. Not just visit you, but live with you and exchange life with you. If you'll allow him to lead you, not with limited understanding, but with all knowledge. If you'll allow him to love you, if you'll allow him to love you, your soul will cry, Abba. And if you'll allow him to speak over you and into you, you'll begin to understand that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Everything that was written in the Bible was written aforetime for our learning that we might have understanding, creating capacity, that we might fulfill God's plans and intentions in our life. So Jesus, coming straight way out of the water, a dove began to descend upon him and God spoke from heaven. And you know what he said? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And with that articulation spoken over him and into him, the Holy Spirit filled him and he was driven into the wilderness. You know what that means? If you get the father thing, you can handle anything in this world. If you get that you're his boy, if you get that you're his boy, you can handle anything in this world. So those of us with the emptiness, the ache, the longing, he wants to crown you today. (laughs) And I just ask publicly that you be my glory. Heal my heart, O Lord. Heal my heart, O Lord. Be my daddy, I pray, in a way I've not known before. Heal my heart, O Lord.
Would you bow your heads, please, this morning? Before I speak to the fathers, those that are fatherless today, for whatever reason, if you desire him to crown you, I just want you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. Nobody looking around. Crown me, O Lord, today. If that's you, just stand. Crown me today, Father. Wrap your hands around me. Love on me today, O Lord. Be my glory. Be my principal thing. Be my strength, my covering. Speak into me, O Lord. Tell me who I am. Tell me who we are, O God. Let us leave with a renewed vision of how important we are to you, how precious we are to you, how irreplaceable we are. Give us that dignity and value, I pray, Lord, today. Thank you, Lord. Church family, I know we went a little bit over today, but could I ask you just respectfully to give us five more minutes? There's something we do at our church. It's very important. We ask for, if your dad is anywhere in here or a father figure, I want you to go to them, but it won't work unless we kind of go to the outside edges. And I want you to group, like if your daughter's here, go get your daddy. Say, come on. And go. we're going to go kind of around the church and surround them, and we're going to pray over them and be dismissed. So make your way to that person. Come here, girls. Grandma, would you get my girls for me? And my, oh, she went to get them? Yeah, go ahead, go get them, help her. And what I want you to do, not a silent prayer, I just want you to either hold them, hug them, put your hand on them. I want them to hear you pray over them. I want them to pray over you, Daddy, and let them bless you this morning. Would you do that? Just pray over your daddy now and bless him. Y'all pray for me.
church family, would you stand with us all together? Y'all see, I always let you out by 12. Did you see the air cut off on you? I told you. Kelly, can you come up? Hey, will you hold this for me? Make sure that's on. John, will you turn this mic on for me, buddy? Tap that one. All right. Would anybody like to tell these men happy Father's Day? Hold it close and say it loud. Happy Father's Day. You want to tell them? Happy Father's Day. Come on up, big one. That's the enlarged one. Not you. <laughs> no. She looked at me. Okay, I want to ask you one thing before we let the people go home, okay? Who's daddy's girl? Me. Oh, oh you are? And does she know the favorite? Tell them. Who's the, who's the favorite? Are you? Huh? Yeah. Oh, you the favorite? Yeah. Can we pray? Can Daddy pray? God, thank you for today, for our fathers, and for the glory that you've been in our life. May this role in our relationship change the next generation. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. Happy Father's Day.